Allie, can you start this podcast already? <laughs> when you close your mouth, I will. Ooh. Wait, I didn't even know you guys had a podcast. Like, what? Oh, yes, that's how we're going to start. Hey, Road Trippin' fam. We are excited to let you know that Road Trippin' is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played NBA Daily Fantasy on FanDuel before? Well, check this out. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Why should you play on FanDuel NBA? Well, for one, it is easy to use when it comes to their app. What's not to love about that? But also, for example, they offer different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level. Oh yeah, and get this, you can play for big prizes, single game contests for the biggest national matches, and enter contests for as low as five cents. That's right, five cents. Simply incredible. So again, let's recap. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Enter URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin to play now and get your deposit bonus. That's URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win. Guys, Channing Fry here. Let me tell you about something that has completely transformed my outside experience. I live in the Pacific Northwest. I love hiking. I love camping. I love being outside on those cool summer nights. And the best thing that I've discovered that I found is the solo stove. This thing is amazing. We have one by the pool. So we want to go in the pool at night. People can be roasting marshmallows. And guess what? You're not going to be covered in smoke. This thing is smokeless. Okay, this thing comes with a free stand, which also helps with the maneuverability of it. it. We take it everywhere. We've been camping with this thing. We've been out in front of our house with this thing with friends, social distancing. But one thing I want you to remember is make spring one to remember with the smokeless fire pit from Solo Stove and get a free stand with any purchase of a fire pit. Just use our promo code ROADTRIPPING at checkout. That's solostove.com, promo code ROADTRIPPING. Cheers, even though it's nine in the morning. Welcome into this edition of Road Trip and presented by FanDuel alongside Channing Fry, Richard Jefferson. I'm Allie Clifton. And I don't think I've ever been so excited, um, and I'm not lying, to be so outnumbered by the bear down mentality um, yes. because we are joined by the legend herself, head women's basketball coach from the University of Arizona, Adia Barnes. Yay! We What's have up? applause. Wildcats in the house. It's two to oh. two. That's good. Oh, He's sure. the legend. I'm not the legend. I'm just who? coming. Who? 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 You. First, first of all, I would. I don't know who to... you're pointing at, but I assume. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, me. both of you. Sorry. Look, I was trying to tell people again. We're going back 20 years, but when we were freshmen, like you, you were big man on campus. Like you were, like you and JT were the two seniors, and you guys were just studs. It was, it was such a, a unique thing because as a freshman, you didn't know us. You didn't talk to us. We were like the little kids running around. Like, you no, you know, but I'm saying you did talk to us, but I'm yeah. saying it was like, we still looked up to the seniors and like the people are like, Oh, she's all American. She's this. So no, you're never going to tell us. That we're and we're not going to talk about the lipstick and the chain back thing. Cause I look at pictures. I'm like, what the hell was I doing? Ooh, what were we all doing? <laughs> what were we all doing? Yeah. Like, I'm super light skinned. I'm very white. And like, I used to wear burgundy <laughs> lipstick. I don't know who the hell said that was popular. That's disgusting. <laughs> I, was like, I said, it was popular back in the day. 
Wait, so do you have a story of Richard? Do you remember like? I don't remember the little things. He, I just remember he was like this freak athlete that came in and just had so much potential. And I remember he was cool. He was kind of quiet, which he's not quiet at all now when he first got here, but it was just fun to watch him grow, you know? Like watch him turn into this big old NBA star. It's crazy. Uh, Star, have you ever been given that title, Rich? No, no. Star? See, that's, that, see, that's Arizona. Arizona, we just love on each other. That's what we do. Because like the WNBA had just started, and all of a sudden, Adia goes from like, like, oh wow, like she's playing WNBA. It's like barely, I barely, barely made the WNBA. <laughs> Scraping to get on the roster. But it, it does. So did Channing. Channing played what twelve years, barely in the NBA every single year. Was, Listen, you know. I'm gonna tell you this right now. If I'm scraping, <laughs> listen, we all doing good. Yes, we all doing good. You hear the echoes. You hear yes. the echoes in the crib. No, that's true. Yeah, I don't have that. WNBA, we don't have those echoes. Well, listen, you got that Arizona money, though. You good. Now I'm echo a little bit. My friend was like, welcome to the club. I was like, shit, I'm barely there. No, 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 no. You're either in the club or <laughs> like, you're right, outside the club. The club. Listen. Yeah, you in the, the club. club. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to call you coach because that's just like natural for me. Um, okay, thank you. How has your life... Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, 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 idea. How has your life changed since then? Like, how has it all calmed down? Like, what's what's it been like? Well, the whole world knows that I pump and breastfeed, so that's awesome. <laughs> um, like, everybody's asked me about that, and it's embarrassing. Um but no, it's just, it's, it hasn't really calmed down. So since the championship game, I have not had a day off. Like it is all, I'm not complaining because it's good stuff. It's just a lot of obligations. And like, I came back for a week and then I went to USA basketball. So then I came back and I go to USA basketball again in three weeks. So I literally have not had a day off. It's been crazy, but it's a good crazy. So how, did how you, you what, go, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Richard. No, I'm gonna let you go first. You know, my question is stupid. <laughs> Mine are two. I think okay, so at the beginning of the year, right? A coach looks at his team and is like, Okay, I know who we are as a team, but like by the end of the season, I want to work on you know what I'm not good at. What was that thing about this team at the beginning of the year that you saw them develop the most that got you to where you got? Okay, so at the beginning of the year, um, we're okay defensively, nothing like we were at the end of the year. Right. I thought rotations weren't great. Um, didn't understand the system yet. Um, offensively, we weren't changing because I wasn't going to make people be able to shoot because some of us could not shoot and we right. could move her from the outside. So offensively, I knew that we were way behind. And mm -hmm. so defensively, I knew we could be good because we had some athletes and we kind of we fed off our defense. Mm -hmm. So worked a lot on rotations. Focused on that because I wasn't going to make someone a shooter that's not. So I knew our defense had to create our offense got way better through the season. Um, very difficult in the season because everybody just played like, they didn't play zone against us because we were actually really good against zone. Yeah. We were awful against like a sagging man. Yeah. You know, like um, Ari comes off on balls, the big man stays in the middle, they make her take pull up jumpers. And then like when she drives, everybody was in the paint oh, to make us shoot threes. We were not good at that. So <laughs> it was hard. Like we yeah. could not like score from the outside real well. Well, how is it, okay, so that's something that as teams and players, you know, they're like, oh, we need shooting. So we're going to go get shooting. Like, especially like at like professional levels, like we don't understand because it's probably been so far removed. How much better can you get at shooting over the course of like, we're going to look at our preseason first five games. This is an area. Is it, do you dedicate another 30 minutes a day of practice? Is it shooting coaches? Is it individual? Like, how do you, I know you're never going to go from 35 to 40, yeah. but how do you do that incremental growth so it's less of a weakness? Well, so it was everyday individuals. 
because then mm-hmm. it wasn't like it wasn't it was skill work to work on skill but it was like getting shots so maybe we would like set goals we would all say we would say like one percent better every day so if you mm-hmm. take 100 a day at the end of the month you're trying to take 200 300 no kid is taking a thousand shots a day no one it's not like the yeah. nba no one has a shooting coach it's just the coaches doing the skill work so just getting getting reps and confidence so you can have the confidence to make a shot um, but I knew our identity. I wasn't going to turn these as an athletic driver into a shooter, but just take, have her get the reps so she can hit some shots. But it meant to me focus more on defense. So then defensively, we get more steals that create layups that are easier, higher percentage shots. So we became like we were dogs on defense. You guys, no, you absolutely were dogs on defense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys, our asses couldn't shoot to save our life. <laughs> 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 that's what you gotta do. That's what you gotta do. Dude, for you sure, that would be aggressive. But the cool thing to me in, in watching kind of this this growth and what you've accomplished over the years is is you're doing it at your alma mater, right? Like a place that like, and that's not an easy place to show up. No. That's not an easy place to like, you know. Okay, well, if I come home, if this goes south, it's like all of a sudden my alma mater is like, yeah, screw my school. Yeah, so it's like more risks than there's more think, pressure, right? and people don't think that because when I was here, we sucked when I first got here. We were like a top ten team my last couple of years. Yeah. So like everybody expected when I got here, oh, just be that. And I was looking, I'm like, it's gonna take me like ten years here because yeah. we are like 300 in RPI, you know? So mm. I didn't know, I didn't know year five, we would have so much success. I thought it would take seven years because the culture was so bad when I got here. We were like yeah. having fist fights in practice. I'd never seen some stuff. I mean, some coaches like that. You were having, so when you first showed up, like, like obviously these are not your players and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but these are players that you didn't recruit. They're dealing with a brand new coach mm-hmm. and there's tension, there's whatever. Obviously if a coach got fired, that means that things weren't going well. No, they were bad. What was your biggest adjustment in year one for you or like realization? The realization that like, like stuff was dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. So when I came, I was actually really sad because when I first got here, I was like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Like, this is not normal, but the kids didn't know what normal was. To them, the things that were happening were normal. And to me, it was like, okay, you can get mad and talk crap and you can do all that. Like, I like that. But then you don't actually go to blows. You don't actually square up and like, get ready to fight. I was like, wait, we're really fighting? Like, come on. And then, and <laughs> That's what I say all the time. I said, hold on. But you can talk crap and like, be like, shut up or like, stop fouling. But then like, you don't like square up, you know? So yeah. square up, fought. and then we separated people and then they went in the hallway and fought again. <laughs> so I was like, you can't make this up. I just wasn't used to that. But to them that happened every year, it wasn't a thing. But to yeah. me, it was like devastating. It was like, what did I get myself into? What's going on here? They've always been on teams like that. And I was like, this isn't normal. Like, this isn't okay. We can talk, we can compete, we can go at each other, but I couldn't do certain drills because we would get in fights. But I just had to show, I wanted them to have a great experience. And that's not the normal experience. Like in me, I was giving them a change. They played hard for me because they were hungry for a change. And you know, when the boats rock, people are like, okay, they kind of- They're looking for stable, yeah, stability, yeah. But I think after that, what I realized is that culture was everything. I had to change the culture. So the following year, I made some changes, didn't ask some people to come back. And I knew we were going to suck. And I knew we were going to take a step back because I had to for the culture because I just wasn't going to coach certain things. Or it's, it's going to take a lot longer for that culture yeah. to change. It's like, yo, like, and, and that's one thing that I, I, I remember Lute Olson, you know, he would, he would, he could tell players that like, hey, I just don't think 
that you're going to play here yeah. for us. And I want oh. to communicate that. I want to <laughs> communicate that to you. But no, there were guys that were on the team that were like, uh, look, we got these guys that are going to come in. We don't think you're going to play. I'd rather tell you that's got to be super, super hard for a coach. Like these weren't your players. So these weren't people that you had necessarily recruited, but it's still got to be a very, very difficult it's, thing. It was very hard. It was funny because I was a first year head coach. Like I had never had conversations like that. One girl, it's like, it took me like the whole day to talk to her. And like, I remember my voice was like, <laughs> I was so nervous because I was like, oh my gosh, like what if the, she drops out of college like I was it was like firing someone mm. I was so like devastated to tell her it was like my heart was like beating out of my like head um it, yeah it was hard and I, just I, I imagine that yeah but I imagine that was after multiple conversations and then realizing that behavior wasn't going to change and well, then like, like in, well, in one particular player um she like you tell her to like run and she would not run Mm. Like we all like, had those guys we call them big turkeys but how do you not run when a coach tells you to run I was like does she not hear me like say run she can't just go jog like that's not what we do and like she wouldn't do it and I was just like like she just doesn't hear me or something so I was like she can't, I can't coach her you know I had a teammate we had a teammate that did the exact same thing and coach ended up putting her in a chair in the middle of the court and we all ran around her and yeah. she just looked at us and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're not made for this. No, no, no. You, you. Richard, did you ever have that guy who had conditioning? We knew it. We used to call him the pot pie, right? <laughs> because after five minutes and the mic and the heat, he would be yeah, done. The, the big guy, this girl wasn't big. She was no, like, he wasn't big. That's the thing. He just had no pie. mental capability for conditioning. So the first we do the warm up. All right. Whew. Next thing, let's get to sprint. He'd be like, ah, my back. You're like, your back. Like, well, we all got to run because so and so doesn't want to run today. And we're looking at him, and he just like, yes, yeah, tightening up. I said, What? I just saw you play pickup for three hours. Wait, was this in college or the pros? In college. Oh, in the pros, you don't play some, some dudes. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Some dudes you just don't talk to. Mental health is mental health month. There are some <laughs> dudes who you just don't talk to like that because you don't know where they're going to come back yeah, with. Remember, yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. I, oh, remember, really? I, They'll just go off on you? Oh, oh. <laughs> well, well, look, 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 let's say this. Let's say this. this. Dysfunction is still dysfunction, right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. There are players and stuff, and you still see it today. Like, um, Kevin Porter Jr., like, he literally is a most so talented. I saw him play at USC, gets drafted by Cleveland Cavs, is amazing, right? But he just keeps having these like outbursts, and he was struggling with some things, and they tried to kind of navigate that. And JB Bickerstaff is like a young guy. He understands, but they just couldn't work with him. And they decided to trade him, not because he's not talented. He gets traded to Houston and has 50 and like 10, right? This kid. What's, and his, it, what's his deal? Just, you know, just a lot of, ex a lot of experiences over the course of his life that have probably generated some frustration and anger. And then, then there was just some like random blowups over things that, you know, and again, he's a 21 year old kid and, you know, He's it's, 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 I know his dad. His dad was like a coach. His dad seems like a good guy. No, 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 no. I'm thinking, no, you're thinking uh, Michael Porter Jr. I'm thinking, talking about Kevin Porter Jr. From Houston. Kevin Porter. From oh, Houston. Now, the lefty. Yeah, so, so he's a lefty. He, he, yeah, he was a top, top kid. Went to so he's USC. Just off. 
just he was, it's I don't want to, yeah. he just needs to address some things, but his talent is off oh, it's crazy. Chart. He's got money to address them. He needs to address them. (laughs) But you know, when you're 21, it's kind of I'll tell you this. Culture in the NBA is everything. Because, like, I've been on teams where you get a guy like, for instance, LeBron. You could tell LeBron, hey, we need to run. And he'd be like, all right. And he'll be the first one to run. Or you get your your highest paid guy. You're like, everyone get on the line. And he's like, I'm not doing that. And there's really, if you don't got the same. They just don't do it and the coach says it. No, they just be like, I'm not doing that. Like, it doesn't happen very often. But I've been on some bad teams where guys are like, I'm not doing that. Let's show you the difference really quickly. Do you know how players in college talk to referees? Uh This is how players (laughs) in the NBA talk to referees. Like, dudes will be in college for four years and be like, yes, sir, never get a technical. They show up in the league and they'll get 10 technicals over the course because that's somewhat of the culture. Like if you feel like you're getting hosed, you cuss the referee out, you get a technical, it's fine. Right? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. 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 Think about it. I never, I don't think I ever got a technical in college. What? If you got a tech head. from Coach O? Shut what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, talk to him over here. Somebody talk to dude. He. If you were talking to the referee, Salim was a big referee guy. He was just like, Salim, what are you? You know, Salim, walk right over to the bench. Stop talking. Play the game. (laughs) Never talk to the referees. Well, How about this? Our coach in the year we won the championship, our coach, we were the number one seed, and our coach got fired 40 games into the season. Culture is everything. The NBA is the most drama. Yeah, but like, how do you control the culture as a? But how do you control the culture as a coach when the players are telling you? Well, you have to. You like okay. So Eric Spolstra has the backing of Pat Riley. So what Eric Spolstra says that goes right, and he's shown that he can win. So he also has Adonis Haslam, who's a 18, 19 year vet. So between the the last man on the team. To the first guy on the team, Jimmy Butler, to the coach, to the GM, to the owner, everybody's on the same page about winning. And there's no there's no breaking the rules for anybody. Like when Braun went there, he had to fit right into that scene, right? And San Antonio, like when you go to San Antonio, yeah. you fit into that culture. So even like I, I would say, what's another guy that I know I'm missing? I mean, even for instance, like Portland, who is younger, Terry Stotts, like Damian Lillard is the source of culture for them where everyone comes in, you don't complain, you get shots up and you, you try to win the best you can. So you got to be really good at picking your main guy because he's going to establish culture for everybody else. Like Tim Duncan, if Tim Duncan could get yelled at, everybody else oh, could get yeah. yelled at. Now what about Steve Kerr? Like Steve Kerr, I, I could see him having a good culture. Oh, Steve is funny, man. Steve is funny because Steve- <laughs> I love him. Yeah, Steve's amazing because Steve can like walk into a room and there's a tremendous amount of respect immediately yeah. like, because of what he's accomplished. The for sure. That he's hit. Like, like literally his basketball resume is like never like a super superstar except in college, but he was like, at the forefront of so many historic basketball moments, San Antonio, yeah. Chicago, all this stuff. So yeah. when he walks in and he has the, like learned from Phil Jackson, played for Phil Jackson, played for pop. And he was around Tim Duncan, Michael Jordan, yeah. David Robinson, Scotty Pippen, yeah. Dennis Robin. So it's like, he almost has the ability to connect to any player. Are His communication is the best. Yeah. Yeah. the yeah. best. Yeah. Like yeah. when I was, we were at the Western conference finals 
and it was contract year. And I was nervous and I was like one for 20. He literally took me to a Starbucks like before game three and we're playing the Lakers. Lakers were like Kobe, Powell, Ron Artest, you know, Andrew Bynum, all those guys. And I'm like freaking out, right? And he could tell. And he was like, Channing, regardless of this game, I just need you to get real drunk. And I was like, what? He goes, I need you to grab a 12 pack of beer, sit outside in your million dollar house and realize how awesome opportunity this is and get your head out your ass. And like hit me on the shoulder and like end up playing good because I, I literally after the game, I played good. I sat and had some beers. It was like, man, life is good. Like you can't get caught up into this. And I took that to like basically my whole career. But I just kept drinking beer and wine and kept shooting. Adia, when it comes to, you talked about culture, when it comes to like your culture, like what have you figured is the key? And do you like, speaking of when you just mentioned, you would assume that Steve Kerr is awesome. Like, do you pull, do you look to the NBA, the WNBA, other coaches surrounding you? Yeah, well, I think first of like, the championship teams I've been on, like, what was it like? And so um, I know that on a championship team, it's like with the Storm, Lauren Jackson and Sue Bird. So if there was some stuff happening on the team, they were going to cuss you out. Like Lauren would cuss you out in like five seconds. So it's like the players policed each other. The coaches didn't have to check you. So in college, it's a little bit different. Um, my first like three or four years here, there wasn't leadership. So I had to be the leader. But I knew that that's not a championship culture. Even last year, we didn't have a championship culture. We had some leadership, but we still had a hard time like holding each other accountable, talking about the hard stuff. So I always had to like bring that out. So as we're progressing, when we become a championship team, it's the, it's the players placing each other, holding each other accountable. And then I don't have to do that so much. But like in the first few years, I just had to do that a lot. And that's not my personality. Be like, your attitude sucks. Change your body language. Like it's not what I like to do. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. I've had to be that person. It's like, damn, you know, it's hard. Yeah. Well, it, did you always? When did when did you like? Okay, so you you have your playing career. Take us through like when you knew you wanted to be a coach. Take us through when this opportunity came up, because then we're gonna get to and talk about another job opening at Arizona. <laughs> oh God, here we go. <laughs> no, not a bad. First of all, I say that, I'm Richard. I'm joking with you. Stop. I know, but I'm I'm not joking. <laughs> Wait, so, so like when I came to Arizona? No, no, just like how, like when, because I, I want to know, like prior to Arizona, you were where? I was at Washington. Washington, Washington. Washington. In the Pacific so, Northwest. Washington's <laughs> very different. Than Seattle, but that's Seattle. That's awesome. <laughs> I love Seattle. Yeah, Seattle's traffic, amazing. Too much so, traffic. Okay, so you're, so you're getting more and more, you know, coaching experience. You interview for the Arizona head job. Like, take us through kind of that moment and that phone call of like, hey, like, you're, you're that person. So I wasn't looking to be a head coach. So I had just got done with a 13-year pro career. I was living overseas. Like, it was a lot. So remember, I was living overseas for the last seven years, and then I was broadcasting for the WNBA. So it was like a perfect gig for me. So as I was thinking, like, what do I want to do next? Like, what do I love? I, did, I liked TV. I didn't love it because I felt like I wasn't, like, with the team. Mm -hmm. I felt like I just, like, fly in. You do your stuff. You leave. I was like, eh, I feel like I was missing something. So um, when the coaching job came open, I wasn't sure if I wanted it. Arizona had been awful for 10 years. I was like, I'm not about to go there and suck and never have another head coach's job. As a black woman, you don't get extra, you don't get second chances. So I remember I just had a baby. Um, he was at the time seven months old. So I was not looking. I had just like built the house in Seattle or remodeled the house. Um, so I was comfortable. And then Greg Byrne like came to recruit me. And at first I was like, mm, I don't know if I want the job. Like I, I wasn't sure. 
And then he showed me like the facilities, um, talked about like his vision, support. And, but I had only been coaching for five years. Yeah. So every, five years yeah. is a long time. And this, five years is not long. Mm-mm. Not to get a power five job. So like no one does that. Everybody goes like starts at a lower level or they're assistant for like 10 years. I'm like the youngest experience. Like I'm like one of them in the country at a top program. Because five years assistant, now I've been five years as a head coach. So it, it's not a long time, but I, I had playing experience, so I was fine. I knew yeah. that. Um, so Greg recruited me, and then I, I had like a connection with him, really liked him. But everybody, Linda, like all my friends, told me not to take the job. It was one of the lowest paying jobs in all Power Five. It was a bad job because we sucked, um, and we had been bad for like a long time since I played. And yeah. so everybody said, "Do not take that job because." it's hard to win it's hard to recruit there that it's all known for men's basketball it's not known for women um it's very difficult but i just like i said let me bet on me i said i can recruit i know i can i know basketball like and i can recruit so i can bring and players an, and this is an opportunity it's like yo how many at times my alma mater. These, yeah at your alma mater these opportunities might not not even your alma mater but like this type of opportunity might not come around three four more years and well, when someone like, wants you. Yeah, once yeah. you, they're pursuing you like yeah, they were like tired. I got a call one day during the Pac-12 tournament. I didn't know, and like it was Greg Burton. I was like, hey, but it was just like so being recruited. So I took a chance. I came here, um, and then Greg Burton left after one year. Yeah, I went to Alabama. So, like, right? He, yeah, he went to Alabama. So um, Ooh, that's that money. Yeah, he got real money. He got like a million. That's a real. You know how much a dollar goes? How long a dollar goes in Alabama? <laughs> you know how much money they got in Alabama? <laughs> Nick Saban. Yeah, like I just took the job here, but it was like I, I remember I wasn't even concerned about the money because yeah. I had to prove myself. I was a young head coach, only had only been coaching five years, so no one thought it'd be good. Everybody thought we'd just suck. I never was gonna build it. And then like sucked for year year one, we were actually okay, one fifteen games. Second year, one six, third year NIT, fourth year we would have gone to tournaments except for COVID. And then fifth year national championship game. So it was like a really quick turnaround. Yeah. Okay, so Rich, I know you want to. That's, a, that's a slight flex now. You were yeah. like, no, no, no. But you know who helped? Ari McDonald helped that turnaround. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Without Ari, we ain't turn around so fast. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. It, so- it starts with one. It like like for Lute Olson, it was Sean Elliott. Like Sean yeah. Elliott was a backyard guy, and he was growing up in Tucson. He's one of the top players in the country, and like yeah. Lute Olson is establishing, and he's like, okay, I'll stay home, and then. Once Sean Elliott start, yeah. like the rest is 25 years later. But Sean yeah. was that, it took one. Yeah, Ari was that one for us. But Ari, remember, I recruited her at Washington when I was an assistant coach. Uh-huh. So That's she came here. Like she could have gone anywhere. She came here. Ooh, that means she okay, I got a question as a coach. <clears throat> like, what rules would you change if you could about, like, your interaction with your players, the amount of interaction? Because I know it's like the NCAA rules seem archaic, right? For kids yeah. who want to be really good whether that's going to the WNBA the NBA you can only be with your coach your leader for so long right you have to do so much individually and it's just like for me I think on the men's side and even for the women's side who want to go to the league it's like hey I'm going to school but my dream is to do this but I'm you put me in a box yeah I would probably change I would change the skill work I think the downfall is by doing that, you're gonna have some kids working out oh, like you, yeah, yeah, using it. So Coaches that's kind of what that's, are what are the but, rules today? Is aren't you an adult? Like you can uh, buy cigarettes. Then, you got to make decisions. You can't baby them. The problem is, is what they'll say is like you have power and pressure. 
Oh. So you might have pressure to do three workouts a day and not have time to go to school when you have in, like indirect pressure. But right. I do think we need more time for skill work because like we do it and I take it out of practice. So we do an hour of skill work daily. Yeah. And we're one of the few in the country that do it. But it's also for the coaches, it's hard because sometimes like Salva, my husband, he's one of the coaches, he's on the court from like eight in the morning until yeah. like, until like three. But yeah, like, I actually, I want to talk about that. Yeah, by the way, the, the family balance, because I know you said at the beginning that you're annoyed with the, the breastfeeding and all. We don't have to go. No, that I'm, not, no I'm not. A, no, no, I'm not annoyed at all. It's just everybody found out, which I'm fine because I'm breastfeeding. I'm a new mom. But like, yeah, but everybody found out during a championship game and that went viral. But like I didn't I had to do what I had to do. Yeah, yeah. you just thought of it as life. I was like, boom, like, don't produce milk. Let me wait. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you don't want to be like leaking. You don't well, that's leaking honestly, the, yeah, yeah. So that was the reason. So normally I pump like right before the game because my baby was six, you know, six months at the time. And now she's seven. But like I normally pump, but I had like all this media stuff. So I didn't have time to pump. So I was like, okay, I'll be okay. During the game, I was like, ooh, I'm feeling a little bit of pressure. Like, I gotta like, go five minutes at halftime. So I booked it in the locker room at halftime. And usually I give the players like five to seven minutes anyways to you know yeah. get, try to go to the bathroom and stuff. So I pumped during that time, but this is the funny thing. So I had like, you guys all have kids. So I had like the hands-free like bra yeah, and yeah, the pump yeah. on. And I just like covered it with a little blanket. I tucked it in here. So I talked to the team. I want, you know, <laughs> have these things on. I want this, this and this. And, for, they, you they, and they like, you're covering it. For yeah. like this, but they see that you have like obviously. Yeah, yeah, I literally would have been like, "This I, woman is they've, incredible." They've seen it so much. So, but the funny part was, so national championship game. I'm talking I'm like these three things offensively, three things defensively. We just give a couple points, and then as I'm talking, drawing on the board, like it falls, <laughs> and then all you see is like foams and plastic, and then everybody's like laughing, yeah, and yeah. I was like cracked up. I was like, "Oops, sorry," and then put it back on. But like they know me, I don't care. Yeah. And it was just, it broke the ice because everybody was like tense. It's like the national championship. Yeah, yeah. And then it was funny. So they found out I was pumping because I came out and I had to like walk super fast to get like, it was like a two minute walk. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I gotta go, you know, but no one knew. And then someone was like, she took long because she's pumping. So yeah. that's how it kind of went viral. But all the moms like, wow, someone finally said something. I didn't know it was a big deal, you know? I want to know who told you, who taught you or where you felt that that is okay because i think you have you have given that yeah, I think it's okay that light to so many but like at what point did you well i'm a woman i'm a mom i'm not embarrassed like i'm very transparent like that's what i do i'm not gonna not breastfeed my kid because of my job yeah like yeah i'm not gonna do that so if, it, if my job didn't like i'm doing that like if i'm gonna go get another job so i just don't like i'm not i gotta be who i am Mm -hmm. And I'm not gonna like let my job dictate my family. I wanted to have another kid. I'm 44. Like women don't get pregnant at babies at 44. So when I got pregnant at 43, it was like a shock, but it was a blessing because like it's it was like a five percent chance. Awesome. And so yeah, like it's like no one has like think about a kid at 44. Are you done with kids? Are you done with kids? Yeah, I mean I, now I'm too old. It was, no, you're like, not too old. It's now it's like a negative 10%. <laughs> You know, like women don't have kids my age. I'm like the only one in the like place without IVF that had a baby. Wow, I, I wow. didn't know that. Like you don't have, like you don't get pregnant at 43. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's so rare. So I didn't think I was pregnant. Like during a game, I don't sweat a lot. During a game, I was like, I'm freaking sweating. Like, what's the problem? And I was like sweating. And then I found out I was pregnant. But I, I must be pregnant. Leave. I sweat a lot. But you know, when I was pregnant, so I found out I was pregnant and then COVID happened. 
I don't think I would have stayed pregnant if COVID wouldn't happen. Because normally I'm traveling all over the country, home visits, uh, home in July. I don't think I would have sustained the pregnancy, but I was able to stay home for months, sit out, hide out so no one knew. Because like last time, like I had a miscarriage and it was on, everybody knew about it. So I didn't want that to happen in public. And I'm like, okay, I'm almost 44. This is a very high chance it could happen. So COVID for me was the best thing because I could stay at home and no one knew till six months. And then like I sustained it, but I don't think I would have otherwise because it would have been too stressful. So what is it like going to work, coming home? I mean, just you and your husband, obviously you've made it work. It's successful. Yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, like he's working out your team from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And I'll do my workouts at like 11. Like I won't, do, I can't do it in a day. I'm like, I can't with all my stuff. But like the coaches do that. I mean, we have balance. I always say he's the boss at home. And I'm the boss at work. He's always like, that's not true. I'm like, kind of. But um, oh, it's kind of. Like, like, I let you be the boss. I let you be the boss. I let you be the boss. Yeah, <laughs> um, just so different. I'm like, he's more quiet. I'm more outgoing. Like he's from Italy. So I met him when I was playing pro in Europe. Um, and then I talked to him to come to the States. He did not want to move to the States. Like I was like, please, just a couple of years, let's try it. And I was supposed to move to Italy. And so he moved here and he like, he didn't dream about moving to America. He doesn't yeah, like but that, but that, but that money, you can go get to your home. <laughs> in didn't Italy have now. that money. Go, that's what I'm saying. Like, I show my sugar mama now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See the third baby's coming. No, but, but like he didn't want, he didn't have, he was a pro coach in Europe. He didn't want to move to the States. But now he loves it. But at first he did not like it. And he was in Seattle. He hated all the rain. He yeah. was, but now he loves the heat. Like, you know, he likes yeah. that. Oh yeah. Have you, has he, has he ever said something to you? Like what the F kind of call was that? And you had to check him real quick. Like, Hey, yeah. shut up. No, one time. <laughs> he'll, he'll yell, no, he'll yell on the bench sometimes. I'm like, be quiet. Cause I'm not a yeller. Like be yeah. quiet, stop yelling. But like, we, don't, we get along well, we don't fight. Like in, right. in the office, we're not like next to each other. Yeah, like we're busy at home with the kids. We go to the office. Like he has his own office. If he's getting on my nerves, he has his own office. If I'm getting on his nerves, and then yeah. but we don't we don't like fight in front of people. We don't look like we're married at work because we're professional. Like we're very yeah. conscious of that. Like yeah. we're not holding hands, kissing goodbye. We're like bye because yeah. we know like that's the that's the way. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you can't let let anybody yeah. use anything against you. Exactly. You have to be. You have to be like aware and cognizant of what right. the negative could be. So this is it. He hears me talking crap. Yeah, like, come here, come here. Come say hi. Me yeah, What's up? Good to see you again. Hey, just, uh, just making sure. Hey, I, just making sure. She um, said, you, she said you're the Did boss I at home. Did I tell you guys he's the he, boss at home? He's the boss at home. <laughs> he said you're the boss at home. Look. I'm not even the boss at home. I actually. <laughs> <laughs> he's that got them so working out. He thinks he's out. He's he's trying to yeah. be 29 again on that peloton every day. Yeah, get it. Get it. I told him you're lucky. He's in shape. He didn't have a baby. If he would have had a couple yeah. babies, he'd be <laughs> like he's lucky. Yeah. Hey, I got a question. So, like, has it set in that this may be the the NCAA women's tournament? is probably the first time in many of, of a long line of, it was more famous and more memorable and probably I would venture to maybe say more watched than the men's. Good oh, I don't know statistically. I don't know like than the men's. I'm not, I'm, you know, I exaggerate. I'm the yeah. exaggerator. No, but, I know but, no, but millions, like it was the most viewed, like our UConn game was like one of the most viewed for the region, mm. which it was shocking. Well, yeah, trust me, I was talking <laughs> shit to Sue Bird. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Sue was in my wedding. Sue's a good yeah. Oh, yeah, Sue's awesome, man. <laughs> Shout yeah. out, Bear Down. 
But that's all well, right. And the funny thing is, going in, you know the game I was really nervous about? The first game, Texas A&M. Because they have some big beasts. I was walking by them like, oh, damn. Like, they were big. <laughs> and they're athletes. But you know, it's funny. They were talking a little bit of crap. Like, not to me, but some of our players overheard them talking about they were going to whoop us, all this stuff. Yeah. And so I was like, at, before the game, I was like, let's see who whoops who's, you know what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went in on fire. But the UConn game, I was nervous. Yeah. I was yeah. really <gasps> Page is a little stud. Well, like and they, they have, have experience. Yeah. Gino's only won 11 more championships than me in like a thousand <laughs> more games. Um, and this is a national championship setting that I've never been, you know, I've never been there. So it was just, I didn't know if our team would clam up a little bit. Yeah. Was anything are. different about your style going into that? Nothing. Whether you, I don't nothing. I don't, I don't treat any game bigger. I'm just like, whoop their ass. Like, who cares? Like, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, we're not afraid. Like I was a little nervous thinking like, okay, we've never been there. It's uncharted territory, but we don't act scared. Like I'm always like, who cares? Like go punch him in the mouth. Like I don't. Yeah. Like, um, like we're not. I can play for you. Listen, you ready? I'm about to get oh, back on my Right? Yeah, I, I, I try to get up. Like I felt bad that the, you know, the double birds got caught on camera. But oh, think, first of all, first of all, on our text chain, no on our text chain, what did I send to you both on our text chain with Gina? Ali, I don't remember what I did. Yesterday, I literally you did that, and I saw it in the moment, and I was like, "Oh my god, she's like my new favorite person." Like, are you kidding? I thought it was the best moment. Well, I just like you just had your moment. Yeah, it was just I was loving on my team. I was like basically like screw everybody didn't believe in us. We have one more game, but you know what caught me? So I told them the comings. I knew I was about to say something like that. It was that spider camera. Yeah, because it got you from behind. It's that XFL camera. Then like on the screen. And they were like, are you gonna apologize? I was like, absolutely not. Because I wasn't sorry for it. I wasn't gonna change it. You saw my team after they were like, yeah, screw them. Like they were bumped up. But it wasn't about like people ask, oh, did you do it at the NCAA? No, it was about like my team saying, no one believed in us. They left us out of the promo video. No one talked about us. We don't care. We believe in each other. So blank the world, you know, like blank yeah. them. Don't ever apologize. Just yeah, go, I was, I was like, well, that was the thing. But... I'd like to take this moment to apologize to <laughs> absolutely fucking no, no one. That's a great pres- reference. My president so often, he was like, he didn't like it. He's awesome. He didn't care at all. Like my AD, they were fine. No, like, no, we, we would be we doing a disservice. We would be doing a disservice. And I, I make everyone uncomfortable when I'm going to switch this. No, I think Let you have to. Let me first say this. I am, I've talked to Coach Lloyd. I'm very excited about Coach Lloyd. I like, no, but I just want to know, and this is purely, I'm not trying to get your take on, and understand this, idea. We edit everything. We're going to let you listen to everything. I I just want to make sure that like, you're not. No, I'm good. Oh yeah. Okay. So. My, the little my, Arizona, my he's nervous. Yeah. No, 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 no. I just want to make sure because I know this is she's a Adam coach. Nervous. Like she, she, like she. I don't want to ever. Yeah. What, what do you guys possession. think about it? So no, my mm-hmm. question to you is this: I think what everybody's thoughts about it are, but did it feel like you show up and you work, work, work? Obviously, you know the history of Arizona men's basketball. Yeah. You show up and you bring it Arizona women's basketball to the national prominence as Arizona men's yeah. basketball is going through a shift. Like only the the third shift since like 1984. Mm-hmm. And and so when you look at that and it like what was the environment? Like you talk about culture. Obviously the Arizona men's basketball team needed a culture change. Mm-hmm. Like was that like kind of a, a weird like 
I don't know what's the way I'm trying to say it. Was that like a weird moment for like just the basketball community in Tucson? I think it was weird. Like I love Sean. I think Sean was yeah. a great love coach. Sean. Was good yeah. coach. Um, and we were friends. I, it was, I think the weird space was that not knowing what was going to happen. Like none of the, no, no allegations were out. Yeah. Everything was at a standstill and no one was talking about it. And we had like a lot going on with football so I think it was just kind of like everybody's looking at it, like what's going on, and I stay out. I have a family, like yeah, I don't get yeah. into all the McHale stuff. So I, I'm just yeah, like yeah. It's my job. Yeah. But yeah. it was a weird space because no one knew anything and no one knew what was going on. So it was like a, uh, you know, like just yeah. weird. Yeah, I love it when you said the McHale stuff because people don't understand that McHale <laughs> is a high school. Yeah, McHale, I don't know, like oh. yeah, at, no, Allie. So no you've, been to the, you've been to the McHale Center, but all the locker rooms used to be in the McHale Center. They yeah. moved some into the football. But it used to be like a high school because all the athletes, all of our lockers, all yeah. of our food training all thing was there. there. All the coaches' offices are above. So like McHale Center was like the hundred percent hub. Yeah. Right? So it was like oh, we okay. were always together. Always. Our, always. So it was like a high school. It was like, yeah. did you hear this? Did you did this and this yeah. drama? And I heard like we had to work out with the gymnasts and the swimmers. So it was like the basketball players would work out here, the gymnasts would do this, and we'd rotate around that little gym until they built the new one well, yeah. no but that was part of the reason why i i literally donated uh, like you know the whole like why i worked with tax write-offs is hitting no, different i didn't donate but, anything for a long time i got <laughs> waiting <laughs> I know, but I could, <laughs> so I knew, Adia, Adia, you remember practicing in Gideon. You remember practicing in Bear Down Gym. Oh, it was Bear awful. Bendonitis Gym? Hey, yeah, I think like, you should donate for a woman's facility. Ooh, would you oh, say, don't you need a write-off? Yeah, tell him, Chan. Wait, Chan, you have three daughters. You should. Why do you need a women's facility? Is so we have our own stuff. It's 2021. We need our own stuff. Amen. First of all, that I did not say that. I don't know. I don't know the details, but I didn't think I always was super excited because I knew that it was going to be used for men's and women's. And no, it was not. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. It's really no, nice. no, but we need to get you your own. Oh, we can use another one right next to it, Channel. There we go. Yeah. Talk to Whoa. Yeah. On that list of money. There's there a lot of grass. There's a lot of grass. Now a Trump is not in office, but you are going to get killed in taxes. <laughs> this yeah. is also right true. Off, right yeah. off. <sighs> Damn. <laughs> you know what? I can get you, I can get you two rebounders and some new jerseys. How about we'll start there? And, and a practice facility. Oh it's gonna be outside go. court, yeah. all concrete. You keep having a couple more runs like this. I have a feeling that women's practice. No, but that women's practice gym is necessary because those are the things oh. that help with recruiting. Well, when it's they spread out me, volleyball. They're actually yeah. trying to do something like that. Yeah, but it, it just helps with recruiting because when they talk to me, they're like, listen, Duke has their own gym. North yeah. Carolina, Syracuse, all Michigan State, all of these schools have their own designated gym for like basketball. And we were all still practicing and bear down. And yeah, we had to wait like, for volleyball to be done. Yeah. Yeah, so I remember like, bear down was a, like brutal. I thought uh -huh. Giddens was the worst. I thought Giddens, that, that was like the worst. Yeah. I was at the end of that. 
Yeah. You guys, I swear I just looked at the clock. It was 10:15 and now it's 10:25. I don't want to make late for the meeting. We got let the boss go. But I will say I always give the guys shit for the bear down and all the Arizona and blah mom. This and we didn't do it when we were playing. We didn't have this. Now we have that. I'm still. I'm. I'm still. Don't even know what that. Confused by that. That's a wildcat. Right hand. It's a W. Are you gonna pinch something? In your right hand, not your left. This wasn't this wasn't new, and I'm still trying to get on board with it. I feel it's like I'm too old for that. I just say bear down. I just say bear down. That's hey, it. I'm you guys are awesome. What what are you supposed to say to a bear down? I always say every day. Go cats, but I'm always like we. I'm always like yeah, bear down. Whenever it's right. It just feels weird. You're like bear down, and I'm like. Fucking a right, I am. <laughs> no, Jenny, you're just supposed to say. Bear Wait, are you guys getting gear and stuff? Are you guys? Do they send oh, you guys? Oh yeah, what? oh yeah. I I told them when I don't, I don't get anything that I need to be the fifteenth player on the roster. <laughs> I was like, I want all of the stuff that Wait, they do get. I need. A lot? No, yeah. no, not really. Jenny doesn't ask. I ask for stuff. Jenny. Closed mouths don't get fed. They'll know it now. Let me tell them to send you some stuff. Ooh, yeah, yeah. women's stuff too. No, What's but the we, actually, we can send stuff to your dog. Like, you know. No, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My so girls love basketball. Yeah. I, I, Allie's an Ohio State, a Toledo. She's a Toledo girl. They said they go play. Toledo Torpedoes. Yeah, but, yeah, but okay. send us, send, we'll get some Arizona women's Please, stuff. We'll Arizona. get Allie on board. We'll get Allie on board with the, with the Arizona. A show. Family. But, yeah, uh, and Dia, I, I know I that you've been all over the place. So to take the time to spend with us, we oh, really no, appreciate it. Fun. This doesn't feel like a like okay, a. Good. Like, <laughs> and normally, and normally, if it wasn't so early, we're drinking. That's what. Oh, I'm it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should have Ari on there. Oh, do you know someone? I mean, no, my player Ari. That's what I'm saying. Do you know someone that could hook us up? Yeah. Okay. With that said, speaking of drinking, we do want to give a shout out to Camus. It always keeps our engine fueled. So we want to send a bottle of Camus to you. So I will also need to get your address after the fact and get it through your guy or whatever. Just text me. I'll text you. Okay. Another distributor tripping. Hey, Road Trippin' fam. We are excited to let you know that Road Trippin' is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played NBA Daily Fantasy on FanDuel before? Well, check this out. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Why should you play on FanDuel NBA? Well, for one, it is easy to use when it comes to their app. What's not to love about that? But also, for example, they offer different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level. Oh yeah, and get this, you can play for big prizes, single game contests for the biggest national matches, and enter contests for as low as five cents. That's right, five cents. Simply incredible. So again, let's recap. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Enter URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin to play now and get your deposit bonus. That's URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win.